0: This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Emma Sharma, and she is the founder and principal of Swallowtail Group and a global business executive known for her entrepreneurship, strong, empathetic leadership style, and willingness to go where angels fear to tread. She is also a passionate advocate on mental health issues that impact the workforce, especially at executive leadership levels. A corporate attorney for 25 years, Emma's career has seen her living and working across the globe. Most recently, she served on the executive team of Valiant Integrated Services, a government contracting company she co-founded, which grew to $800 million in revenue in just over four years. Wow. Emma is passionate about seeing the kingdom of God invade the marketplace. I like that. Indeed. We got to take over the marketplace. She is a devoted wife and mom of two young children and lives in North Virginia, USA. Uh, You can find her on LinkedIn at Emma Sharma that's on LinkedIn go to LinkedIn and just type in Emma Sharma she'll come up don't confuse her with the the other British gal there okay she told me to make sure I said that um, Emma welcome to broken Catholic number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics go ahead and uh, just fill in some of the gaps in that intro would you
1: sure well it's great to be here Joseph thank you for the invitation um, so obviously you know there's a lot there about what I've done. For work, um, But I have, you know, I'm, I'm a girl from a pretty small rural town in the northwest of England who um, didn't do anything very exciting until she was in her 30s and then got the opportunity to go and work overseas in Australia and Asia. Um, and that was uh, just really such a cool experience to start to see the world um, as part of what I was doing for work. Um, so, you know, I've lived in australia i've lived in the middle east and africa and then when i married my dear husband who was an american uh, we moved back to the usa and that's where we live and work now which is is fantastic
0: those charming american men i'm telling you <laughs> i'm telling you so emma where was the uh your favorite place you've ever lived
1: That's That's actually a really difficult question to answer because wherever I have lived I have always found a sense of home and place. That's just one of those things that God has really blessed me with and um, I loved my time in Sydney. I think it was a time of healing and um, really going deep with God in a new way and I was surrounded by some incredible friends who were mm-hmm. there for that part of my journey um so I, I have a very special place in my heart for Sydney and um, cool. yeah and we'll
0: Dubai yeah yeah Dubai's in a close second yeah
1: Dubai's yeah. a close second <laughs>
0: <laughs> sounds good all right so Emma take a minute share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know
1: um well I love I love to sing I I love to sing and when I was at college and university, I sang a lot of classical and choral music and operatic solo work, which was fun. And not a lot of people know that. And that's usually something I don't share at work because then they think that I'll be good at the office karaoke party. And that's not true. <laughs> I'm probably the worst at karaoke.
0: <laughs> that's because karaoke is not real singing. Let's be oh. real. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's probably <terribly> true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Emma, um, Take us back in time, uh, early childhood. Were you raised with the faith in the home? Was there no faith? What denomination, if there was faith? Um, and then walk us through just the early childhood years. What was life like uh, for Emma Sharma? And then uh, into uh, you know college years. Did you have the typical experience of losing your faith and like getting pulled into all the agnostic, you know, college professor curriculum, so to speak? Um, What was your story? Walk us through that from the beginning. Would you go for it?
1: Yeah, sure. So I was raised um, in a home where we knew about God. Um, It was a very legalistic background, actually um, very cultish and sect like we were quite we were in a very narrow branch of extreme um, protestant just about christianity Um, so god was very evident but there's a big ugly scary monster type of god and we didn't really hear much about his loving merciful side it was very much you're a sinful human being everything you think do and believe is wrong and you just need to step through life being as careful as you can be to be as good as possible so you don't get punished every day. And, mm. you know, there were some unhelpful practices that went with being part of that kind of very close-knit community, uh, not a lot of respect for women, actually not a lot of place for women um, in in faith. Um, and so I grew up with a very jaded sense of who God and who Jesus was and no real sense of the Holy Spirit at all and so through childhood it was a it was a really tough time Um I was pretty isolated and lonely but what I was also in addition was really good at school so I was able to work hard do well pass exams and I was I can see the hand of God through the whole of my childhood now because when I was 18 I got a place at a pretty prestigious university which was unusual for someone from my background and geographic location and I was able to move a long way away from all of that history and all of that background and actually my experience is very different to the typical student experience. My first weekend I intentionally sought out one of these large, vibrant student churches that I'd heard about, because somewhere deep inside, I knew there had to be more to God and to Jesus than I'd ever experienced. I'd had tastes of it um, through through my later teenage years. You know, you would occasionally come across a worship CD or go to a church, um, sneak into a church where things were a little different. And I wanted to experience that in spades. And so right there, my first week of university, I found this phenomenal student church and I started to connect with who Jesus and importantly, who the Holy Spirit really is. All part of the same, all part of Garden. all equally important. And I would say that's when my faith really began to transform as I understood there was far more to God than I'd ever understood as a child.
0: Mm. You know, your story is more common than one would think, Mm. Uh, especially, yeah, sadly. Yeah. Especially uh, your childhood uh, being raised with uh, the presentation of a tyrannical God. Uh, That was my childhood. Mm -hmm. Right. And mine was in the Catholic space with a Marine Corps father um, who really pushed more perfectionism uh, Mm -hmm. in your uh, faith and beliefs and showing up perfect with God, even though you're fallen and broken and and perfection is unachievable. Right. So it leaves a little boy or a little girl in a conundrum of sorts of uh, there's nothing they can ever do to achieve what they need to achieve and because they're not achieving it, there's something wrong with them. Right. So it's just a very confusing, uh, space to live in. So I really get that. And for anyone listening right now, that also was raised in a similar environment that Mm -hmm. myself and Emma were raised in, uh, her in the Protestant space and myself in the Catholic space. Um, this is not how, uh, this is not who God is. This is how broken humans present god this is their perspective through a broken filter right and i've learned that over time is my parents did the best they could but their filters were broken right their parents raised them a certain way with right and and it just gets passed on generationally and we were born into generational ignorance etc so emma um knowing that you came from that and you didn't get to choose it you're just a little kid you're born into a family thank you god thank you for this family um And then you go through what you go through. And then you get to this place in university, college, where uh, you're meeting God almost for the first time. yeah. Like who he really is with Mm -hmm. the love and mercy side of him, equally to his wrath and justice side, Mm -hmm. all coexist, right? Um, So what was that like for you? Uh, when you got to meet him for the first time, it's almost like, hi, how are you? I heard so much about you, but it wasn't the good stuff. So tell me who you are. Like, what was that like for you? Walk us through that.
1: In, in the beginning, it was just amazing. It was kind of like, it, there was a huge rush, um, of love and an understanding that there was so much more to him. And obviously, uh, you know, hearing great teaching and being involved in great worship, it was it was it was a very personal experience to actually come face to face with this Jesus. Then, very quickly, I I was filled with fear again, and here I was, stood before this incredible, amazing Jesus, and I became very conscious of my past and a lot of what I'd had to live through as a child and immense amounts of shame and embarrassment and ugliness. And I think some of that perfectionism that you talk was talked about was there in me as well. And I suddenly realized, my goodness, there is a lot about me that is far from good and far from clean and far from acceptable. And I didn't know, I didn't have an understanding of what it meant to be discipled and what it meant to grow as a follower of Jesus and to see myself transformed and changed. And so for a little while, it 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 was, um, it was confusing. It's like, what am I going to do? This is a relationship where I am far from perfect and I am far from worthy of this love and this forgiveness, this amazing gift that God gave to me. Uh, through Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross. How am I going to honor that? And I think in the mirror of his grace, love and mercy, I was so aware of my imperfections and sin and mess. And it took several years, many years, in fact, to understand that his grace really did mean that everything about me that was of the old me was covered by his grace and that he if I invited him in he would help me to change he would help me to grow he would help me to address these areas of my life that needed to be addressed
0: Mm. um during those years what kept you going what kept you pursuing a perfect god when you felt so imperfect
1: you know I think it was he he was the only person that I believed truly loved me or could ever love me. I had been so scarred as a child into believing I was unlovable, unacceptable, unwanted. I realized today looking back, I carried that across my entire uh, my entire life actually i didn't believe that anyone could truly be a friend or love me or see anything good in me Mm. but I did believe that he loved me and so while I was in a place of quite a lot of darkness depression mess for many many years into my adulthood I held on because somewhere deep inside and this was very much a supernatural thing somewhere deep inside I knew that this Jesus was the answer I didn't know how he was going to be the answer but I knew he was the answer and the only answer and quite honestly you know there were times in life where I was extremely suicidal and people sometimes ask why when people, when you feel that way, do you not follow through on those feelings? And I mm. think that the answer was Jesus, because there was always hope as long as there was him, that one day the dream would come true and, and I would know what it felt like to be really loved and accepted exactly as I was. And had I ever found that not to be true, I think I would have pushed the exit button.
0: Mm. BC Nation, are you touched by God's story told through Emma's life? How he just slowly pursued her <laughs> patiently, right? Courted her like a, a romance, right? This is how God shows up with us, even us men, right? Mm-hmm. We don't think of it that way, but you know, Jesus courts us. Um, it's who he is. He is love. And yeah. love uh, pursues the loved right? The beloved, the beloved. And you and I are the beloved, even when we don't feel lovable. Mm -hmm. That's like, it's, it's so, uh, frustrating and fascinating at the same time that we are the most lovable, uh, being in the universe in the eyes of our maker. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's amazing. Emma, I have a, uh, a, a beautiful little daughter, um, She's turning two years old. Her name is Alora, and uh, she's just amazing. And and then I have a, a beautiful son, two months old. Uh, his oh. name is Asher, and you know I catch myself looking down at them when they're sleeping, for example, and uh, just feeling so much love and a fascination with every part of them. And you're a mother, so you get this. And for all you parents out there, you understand what I'm talking about. And we're absolutely just fascinated with our children when they're so young. When they get into teen years, we're we're more frustrated. Uh, (laughs) But but when they're young, we're fascinated with their movements, their breathing, their twitches, everything they do. And I truly believe this is how God the Father looks down at each and every one of us. With that same kind of love and fascination. What is Emma going to do next? (laughs) Right? How is she going to move? How is she going to handle this situation? Will she turn to me? Will she turn away from me? Right? And God just fascinated with us. Emma, what do you think about that in your own life from what you've seen?
1: Well, that really resonates. When I became a parent, I think it was the most illuminating moment as you say you look at your this little person that's in your arms that came out of you and they in your eyes they're perfect they're absolutely perfect they they hopefully they're sleeping peacefully after just eating well um but you notice things about the way their mouth twitches or the way they sleep, they have a smell. Um, You learn to hear their cry and you can hear babies crying in the mall and you know whether it's your child or not. And so for me, that, that really did say, wow, if I can love my child like this, how much more, I know the scripture says, how much more does my father in heaven love me? And actually, how much more does he love her than I ever could? And it was a real, I came to a real un, a deepening understanding of his love for me through the through the experience of becoming a parent. I think it was also really tough because I hadn't experienced that love as a child from my own parents. And um, they did the best they could. They had a lot of things they were dealing with themselves. And you know, as I became a parent, it it kind of threw all that up into the mix again. It's like, wow, hang on a minute. Um, Why was it different for me as a child? What, What was behind that? And so there was also a lot of refreshing of the pain in those early years of parenthood for me because I couldn't reconcile it. I couldn't make sense of it. And I asked God some tough questions, which, were basically, why? Why did you put me in, in that family? Why was that my experience? And in the most beautiful, gentle way over time, he actually showed me through pictures and prayer and healing and visions that he was with me all the way through that, that he, I could see him even in those early years i could see where he was in the story i could i could see where his presence was i could see where he held me tight and protected me from things being even worse than they were mm-hmm. and in recent very recent times i've come to understand that all of that was part of was actually pretty intentional on his part not because he's a cruel god that wants to see his children suffer but because the calling on my life that he has placed on my life and that I'm starting to walk into, I needed training. I needed to understand if I was going to be used as his handmaiden in this world to help take his love and his healing and his message of hope to broken people, I needed to understand what it was to feel broken and to feel unloved and rejected. And so actually, in the most beautiful way, I I had this, um, encounter with him earlier this year, where I just knew that what he was saying to me was, "Hey, warrior, get up, because you have been trained for this moment, and everything you have experienced has prepared you for this, and now you are ready to go out and take my message of hope to people who who have been broke, who are broken, and who are hurting just as you have." Mm. And in that moment, I will, I don't think it would be truthful for me to say I'm glad I went through it. I think one day I will get there. But I understand when you are preparing for something big, you have to be trained. And that was part of his training ground for me.
0: So I think you just spoke into existence. The real reason God allows his children to suffer sometimes is preparation for the calling he has for them you know it's interesting because as you were sharing that emma i was thinking of uh my daughter and teaching her to swim Mm -hmm. and while she's in the pool learning to swim, occasionally, um, you know, as you're teaching your child to swim, you allow them to learn for themselves. So you allow them to go under the yeah. water uh, and experience right that very uncomfortable and frightful um, uh, part of learning to swim. Now imagine if my daughter or that little child created a meaning around that that daddy doesn't love me because he allowed me to experience this pain mm. and imagine they just paused that one moment in time and then created a meaning for the rest of their life that one moment of pain and suffering when they went underwater and they felt the the fear of dying mm. and then they just put it on daddy that this is who he is. He's someone who allows me to suffer and not feel safe with him. When in fact, all it was a necessary part of the process of them learning this life skill, right? Yeah. Called swimming. So I, I don't know if that resonates, uh, but that was just an image I had of how sometimes uh, God allows us to go through those drowning moments yeah. in our life in order to prepare us for that bigger calling. Yeah, And we create meaning in those moments that we then project on him, normally negative meanings, and then we paralyze our future in a way. Mm. What do you think about that?
1: Well, I think that's when it's so important to lean into his word and what he says which is that he can take anything that happens to us and use it for the good of those who love him and when you look at his character through scripture i mean there are moments when he is all judgment and he's dealing with um his people in a tough way but he never the love never stops the rescue hand is always there so you see it a lot in the Old Testament, and then ultimately you see it in the story in, in in Jesus, you know, the ultimate rescue plan for all of us, no matter what we've done and who we who we are. Um, he loves us enough that he allowed his son to be crucified for us as a complete atonement for everything we'd ever done or could ever do. And so I think I think his character is loving and he has a plan and it is the best plan for us and he always comes through in the end
0: Hmm. so good bc nation we've been speaking with emma Sharma. she is a top executive excuse the term badass (laughs) um, leader uh, and she has been incredibly successful high achiever in the business world Um, And she's been joining us today to talk about her faith life and her personal life and the story of God told through her life and why it had to, her life had to go the way it went uh, and not exclude the pain and the suffering and the hurt Mm -hmm. uh, because it was the preparation. These were the preparations, uh, the ingredients that go into the recipe for the calling that God has put on her life. And he's done the same for you. And it's up to you to go to him and ask him about it. Mm -hmm. And not just remain confused and bewildered and call him a bad God. But rather, Father, I believe you're a loving father. Now, please show me how this thing in my life lines up with that. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because I don't see it right now. I'm just feeling the drowning moment. I'm Mm -hmm. taking in water, Lord. You know, but I believe in who you are and who you say you are, and and I've seen it in others. So, Emma, um, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the confession round.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. It's like a game show. Are you ready? Yes. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? His love. What is your least favorite thing about God?
1: The need to pay attention to him. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> what are you most afraid of? Spiders. Okay. Uh, I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of being human. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally?
1: Oh, he's. I'm in the season of being stretched, faith-wise. So I actually left the corporate job I had. Very nice job. Uh, Great people, great organization, organization I helped to found. Um, There's a lot of prestige with that and uh, obviously a nice salary. And he called me out and it was very clear, uh, very audible word from God uh, that it was time for me to move on. And I don't have the full picture of everything that he's going to be asking me to do or exactly how it's going to happen. But it's starting to unfold. So what am I struggling with? It's waking up every day in this different way of living and having, and just saying to him as my feet touch the floor, I trust you. I know you've got me and I know you have the future. um, And I'm just going to keep following you um, into whatever it is that you're calling me into. And there are days I just want to get back into bed and say, "What was all that about?
0: (laughs) I hear you. That is a difficult, uh, faith stretching, uh, period that you're in. I've yeah. been there, right? Some of my clients, they're in that right now or walking mm-hmm. them through it. Right. Um, my only advice, if you are asking is don't do it alone, make sure yeah. you have someone leading you through that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Otherwise the enemy can really mess with us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Right? We don't
0: want that. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year?
1: Worrying and overthinking.
0: Okay, got it. What secret fear do you have about people?
1: I think all of us, and I know especially, you know, that they might not like me, they might reject me. Um, That's always tough. You know, people don't have to like us, they don't have to see value in us. And we all want to be liked if we're honest. So,
0: got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God?
1: That his love covers everything and his forgiveness is complete.
0: Mm. What is a new habit you're going to create in your life?
1: So right now I'm on a um, new exercise regime. And also I am reading, rereading the Bible uh, every day um, from beginning to end in a year. I'm using the chronological Bible, which is actually pretty cool. I hadn't used that version before.
0: Nice. What's a bad habit you're going to break?
1: Um, probably some of the um, the bad language that's very prevalent in the corporate world, particularly when you're stressed and frustrated. That that has no place in my life anymore. Never did. <laughs> so ah,
0: the language of hell yes <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to bring god's kingdom to earth not hell people all yes, you christians exactly. out there with foul sewer language what are you doing all right uh, pick three words to describe who you are now
1: humbled hmm. loved and accepted
0: nice pick three words to describe who you were before uh, you experienced God, uh, Jesus's overwhelming love that covered all the shame.
1: Messy, very messy. Extremely sad and hopeless.
0: Mm, so real. And last question, Emma, if you could come back to life after you died. Look your family and friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about God. What would you say to them?
1: He offers you, he offers us so much more than you could ever ask and imagine. Don't think about it. Just follow him. Just go. I I am really touched actually by the chosen series. I think just the characters that Dallas Jenkins has created. And those disciples, when they met Jesus, they didn't hesitate. They just knew, just follow him, just go where he leads. And I think that's a great example of what we need to do when we are introduced to who he is.
0: Mm. So real. Any final wisdom? Uh, what's the one thing you want my listener to know uh, about just where they are in their life and where God is in that, that part of their life.
1: So I, I really feel that this is a word for anyone who's in that place, particularly during this holiday season of, mm. I, I just can't go on, but it, it, life is just too hard. There's too much pain, too much suffering, too much misery. You know, Jesus, God is enough and he provides and he will meet you in that place of total despair. All we have to do is ask him to show, show us who he is and where he is in that moment. In what He is somewhere in whatever it is that we're going through. Just ask him to reveal himself. Ask him to give you something to hold on to. And then when he does, hold on to it, hold on to it as hard as you can and ask him to show you who he is and what he thinks about you. And I truly believe that he will meet you in that place and he will introduce you to the deep reality of who he is and what you mean to him. And he will show you that even in the midst of that despair, there is great hope.
0: Emma, I like you. Oh. (laughs) And now my audience likes you.
1: (laughs) That's so sweet.
0: (laughs) Emma Sharma, uh, where does BC Nation go to find out more about you, connect with you? Um, Yeah, what do you got for them?
1: So I'm on LinkedIn and I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So I will connect with anyone um, who reaches out through LinkedIn. And also I do have... a. a facebook profile in the new year i will have a website probably around february march time www.swallowtailgroup.com and that will be a platform for me um, as god moves me out into what he's calling me to do Um, but like i say linkedin today is probably the best place
0: awesome emma sharma thank you for being on broken catholic i wish you god's love peace and joy in your life
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been great.
0: Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you want to crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things. You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on a bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do to see if you're ready are you ready to do what it takes some people try to come to me but they're not ready to be coachable they're not ready to get rid of the problems again if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them go to josephwarren.net and let's see if i'm your guy